I'm just so lucky that I lost my arm because I'm so lucky that when I go to do physical feats, when I go to exercise, someone with, without my intention at all, someone next to me, someone watching that Instagram video might've had a bad day can be motivated to say, ah, well, if that guy's doing it, then I sure, sure, sure can too. Welcome to the Bar Bend Podcast, where we talk to the smartest athletes, coaches, and minds from around the world of strength. I'm your host, David Thomas Tao, and this podcast is presented by barbent.com. Today, I'm talking to Logan Aldridge, training director of Adaptive Training Academy and the fittest one-armed man on earth. After a wakeboarding accident that resulted in the loss of his arm at a young age, Logan dedicated his life to making fitness and sports more accessible for people around the globe. His work with Adaptive Training Academy is one of the most impressive projects I've ever encountered in the fitness world. In this podcast, we discuss how Logan and his colleagues teach coaches to work with athletes of all ability levels, along with why their methodology proves so adaptable. And that's just the tip of the iceberg here. Also, I want to take a second to say we're incredibly thankful that you listen to this podcast. So if you haven't already, be sure to leave a rating and review of the Barbed Podcast in your app of choice. Now let's get to it. Logan, thanks so much for joining us. One thing that I want to start off talking about today and it's actually something we've been able to cover a little bit on Barbend uh, through Kevin Ogre's story and, and a little bit more is uh, Adaptive Training Academy, which is, I know, kind of your, your baby and your real passion right now. Tell us what Adaptive Training Academy is and, and what your goals are right now with that organization. Yeah, absolutely. First, David, thank you so much for having me on. Pleasure to be here. Love the Barbend podcast. You guys are freaking awesome. Uh, and you are absolutely right to call that my baby. I mean... <laughs> Adaptive Training Academy is this precious little gym to me and in all of the ways it is like my heart is the representation of what I believe I'm put on this earth to do. I believe my accident, me losing my arm was the best thing that ever happened to me. And with that, I have an opportunity. Uh, and Adaptive Training Academy exists in order to, in the most simplest forms, our mission is to empower through education. How we do that is empowering trainers, therapists, able-bodied individuals, people who give the access and opportunity for fitness, health coaching, and improvements of individuals, giving them the knowledge and the accreditation, the approved knowledge, the certification behind their name, that they are qualified as an adaptive and inclusive trainer. So our mission is to bridge this gap between access and inclusion to fitness for specifically for people with disabilities. You know, I lived this life. I've lost my arm at 13, so I've grown up living this way. And, and through my experience, uh, first and foremost, um, my accomplishments pale in comparison to the accomplishments of others that I've been able to experience. The, the stories I've been able to hear from people persevering, and truly embodying resilience in so many incredible ways. And I thought, how sad is it that this isn't the norm? How, why can't people who suffer some sort of permanent impairment or are born different than the able-bodied standard, why is there a cultural, societal um, predisposition that it, things are just going to be a little bit harder for you? Things are going to be harder for your life, but then also they're going to be harder for your access to things. Um, and, you know, from my background in the CrossFit world and 
the, the, the word of community be embedded in it so, so firmly. Uh, I've experienced that firsthand, uh, you know, going into across the gym as this dude was going on being like, hey, I want to try this. And then being like, oh, well, let's figure it out. And me being, you know, very dedicated to figuring out problem solving, being creative with solutions, really understanding movement, the intention behind it, the methodology behind why we're doing this workout and this movement. Um, and then also how to maintain stimulus, regardless of your ability. And I don't even care if that's disabled. I mean, if you're just deconditioned because you haven't exercised in a few years, how important is it to hit the stimulus? And I think oftentimes when we get into just this lazy coaching style, we're just like, oh, just jump in. You're just going to do it. Just reduce the weight. Uh, just push real hard. It's going to be hard. But no, no, no. I think there's a lot more thoughtful intention that can go into it as a trainer, as a coach. Uh, and that's what Adaptive Training Academy offers currently. We offer a certification course where we um, we certify you as an adaptive and inclusive trainer. Um, and that's just been, you know, our focus over the past, gosh, really four or five years alongside under the CrossFit umbrella. Uh, last year in 2019, we were able to separate from CrossFit in a great relationship way. Uh, CrossFit saying, hey, you guys are serving uh, individuals that, yes, are absolutely box owners, CrossFit coaches and trainers, but you're also getting a lot of therapists that are coming to take your course, physical, recreational, and a lot of uh, MDs, a lot of physios who are like, what are you teaching here? And then and we were nervous when we started to see this, uh, this broader population coming to take our exam, but, but um, not at all in the sense of worried about our legitimacy. Uh, we're very fortunate and thoughtful about how we developed our education. We made sure to have an advisory board network of subject matter experts in their relative field and impairment group from able-bodied individuals and doctorate level educators to people living with the condition themselves to make sure what we're what we're teaching is relevant and is qualified. And alongside that, we reference case studies and academic studies that prove all of this education. But um, that's that's been really important for us and really awesome. And through this crazy pandemic, we brought all that stuff online. And that has been, you know, the world of every business, the world of everyone trying to live and thrive through this pandemic. Uh, it saddens us for sure. Like it does, I'm sure most uh, humans across the world, you don't get to go out and see everyone. But additionally, we don't get to bring this education to you live. And there's so much value when you get to get this education live, when you get to practically see the principles put into practice in front of you, and then scenarios presented to you that we observe and, and critique and develop you uh, in that session throughout that workshop. But I'm very proud of what we put online. Uh, I'm very, um, I'm very dedicated to the continued excellence of delivering this education. I think that's the fortunate um, part of our team. You know, myself, Kevin Ogar, being a fellow CrossFit redshirt, and Alex Zirkenbach, who's out in San Diego, um, former naval officer, um, medically retired after being wounded, wounded in a, a piracy boarding accident. But um, he also is a CrossFit level one seminar staff. He was actually he was actually out there during the crazy CrossFit Games at Aromas. He was one of the judges. He actually got to judge Frazier and Tia. That was wild. And he t he's told me a lot of stories about that. So uh, I say that to say that uh, whether you're for CrossFit or not, it doesn't matter. It's a brand. But what they do really well, and, and I think whether you're for or against them, you would have to agree with this, is their education um, does a phenomenal job at credibility. And the stewards who deliver that education are upheld to the highest standard 
So I think, and Alec being the military background, when those sort of ethos and those principles came into the development of ATA, our education and how we just deliver and operate our company, um, I'm very proud of the product that we offer and the, how we were able to develop this online course. And whether or not you're a fan of CrossFit, a diehard CrossFitter, a former CrossFitter, look, we see all... Uh, whether you're anti-CrossFit, we see it all at Barbin. We see because we cover strength sports across the board. It is difficult to deny that CrossFit, better than many other methodologies, overcame this hurdle of, okay, how can this truly be for everyone? How can we scale? CrossFit's known for, well, in an ideal word, world, right? How are you scaling for people's ability so that they're still achieving the stimulus, right? They were able to get people in the door and say, okay, you're going to do the same workout as you know, Matt Fraser and Tia Claire Toomey. You're just going to do it in a different way so your body's getting a stimulus that's more tuned for you. Those principles uh, behind, those principles can extend, obviously, to Adaptive Training Academy. And it's something that we, I think we've seen Maybe, maybe not be as pervasive in other strength sports yet. And so when I actually heard that you all were kind of splitting off from CrossFit, becoming your own independent body last year, I remember thinking, well, this is actually great because this is going to make the organization more likely to be able to reach the powerlifters, the weightlifters, the strongman competitors, the other strength and the bodybuilders, the other strength athletes. Where are some other strength sports or what are some other types of strength athletes outside of the CrossFit community, or I should say maybe even strength coaches outside of the CrossFit community that have come to you? Where are you kind of seeing that flow from the broader strength world? Yeah, great question. And, you know, every, every different background and methodology and specific training, whether it is strength sport or whether it is endurance sport, whether it is Paralympic swimming, track and field, um, those developmental coaches uh, that on behalf of the Paralympics have taken our course and they're doing the same thing. And, you know, I was brought out to the Olympic training center in Colorado Springs to speak on this, to speak on this specifically, to help work with the Paralympic team, the team USA to develop. All right, here are five best sports in the Paralympics and, you know, swimming, cycling, track and field, um, and a few others, but they were like, how do we look at, how do we recruit athletes for these sports? Look what you all have done within this competitive functional fitness space. And they're just really well-rounded athletes. They're pretty well-conditioned. They're pretty well-strength uh, performance-based. And But yet, how do we then tailor them to be a, a rower and excel at that in an elite level? Uh, so our, our audience, the people who have taken the course, have, yes, been um, experts in strength and conditioning, um, collegiate-level strength and conditioning. And, you know – one of which is on our faculty. Uh, his name is Will Wright. He's the um, director of sports performance and development at Alabama University, which is really important to us. Uh, I know most listeners might not recognize the importance of that specific university. And let me explain why. Um, they have a full on adaptive training facility. They have, a, I believe it's about a five to $8 million funded facility. Um, they have the best wheelchair basketball, wheelchair tennis program in the nation. And it's collegiate level D1 program. And <clears throat> those athletes are just the same level of the Alabama football players, D1 athletes. Like they are given the professional platform and the resources and the expert coaches to excel in their sport. And I think that's one university that really put the money where their mouth was with being like, we want to do this. This is, this should be for everyone. Everyone, the adaptive athletics program should thrive in the same way our athletics program does. And they did it. They really put the money behind it. So we're so thankful to have this individual, Will Wright, 
take our course, take our course and then say, holy crap, how do I get involved? How do I help on a much bigger level? Like what everything you guys say and do and your vision for the, for the world in the future, um, even long after we're gone, uh, he was like, I align. That's, that's the plan. That's what Alabama is embodying. That's what I embody. So I'm here and let me come on and help you do this. So the strength and conditioning world has been extremely receptive to our education. They love its application because just as you mentioned, yeah, we separated from CrossFit in, in all of the most positive ways. CrossFit still loves what we do. We still are. I am a CrossFitter at heart. Like that is what I do. I love it. And maybe it's because I have ADD. Like I couldn't just do strength training every day. I would get too bored. I couldn't just do endurance training every day. I'd get too bored. So I just like challenging it, make it different all the time. Um, but, you know, our, our core at why we exist and why we, you know, came out of this CrossFit baby and this CrossFit education is because at the end of the day, we wholeheartedly believe in GPP. You know, when we're talking about people with disabilities and improving their health long term, we've got to work towards general physical preparedness because we're talking about, you know, I mean, America is quite uh, overweight, but when we're talking about a subset community of that, that is disabled, lack of access, barriers to entry, and then the sedentary lifestyle that similar, almost always goes along with that, it's huge if we just focus on GPP. Now, in that focus, we found that there's a lot of solid ground to stand on, no pun intended, because a lot of wheelchair <laughs> well, principles are, are on this as well. Gosh, I love these like disabled puns. I come up with them all the time. Uh, and, and, and hey, it's okay to laugh. Please laugh, all you able-bodied listeners out there. You have to laugh. It's weird if you don't. But um, oh, I digress. Where was I going? Well, I think what I'm trying to say here is we believe in functional fitness. We wholeheartedly, because that is transference to real-world task accomplishment and to quality of life, longevity, and independence. And we all know that. Like, why is the burpee good? Because if we fall over, we got to get back up. Always, rest of our life, no matter what. For a seated athlete, why is this? Uh, why is the transfer important? Well, oftentimes in rehabilitation in the medical world, it's not really prioritized. When you talk about independence, I mean that's going to be one of the most critical, beneficial things for them to have the confidence and physical ability to do. Transfer in and out of their chair. The ability to, if their chair, if they need to get out, they can. If they need to get into their vehicle, they can. If their chair happens to roll away, they can. They have the ability to crawl and get to that chair. So this is, you're looking at fitness in a very different lens, but its application to improving their life is even more relevant. It's even more obvious. And so I think that's where when people take our course, whether you are uh, a strength enthusiast, an expert and trainer, or whether you are an ultra marathon runner, you take our course and at the, at the end of the day, you understand what it means to be a more thoughtful, intentional trainer, athlete, coach, therapist. And then additionally, maybe you work in the industry that is just uh, immediate post-injury rehabilitation. Well, you can guide them along that path and work with insurance, do the, all the appropriate things. But now you have the knowledge and resources to say, hey, there's more for you now. When you go out into the world, you can go join this gym or I can train you because I am an adaptive and inclusive certified trainer. We can, I can develop a program for you. You can keep working out at home because that's you know from my – my colleague, Alex Zirkenbach, and his personal story and perspective after being wounded, going to the VA, getting great care, and then the VA being like, all right, go go live life, be you. And he was still in a wheelchair at that time and, and has having some issues with his leg and lower back, and he didn't know what to do. He, and, you know, and the, the battles of PTSS and depression and all that, and he just happened to go into a CrossFit gym, a really crappy one, but one that was critical in changing his mindset to realizing that there are people that care 
and that there's a fitness that I can go be a part of and people are going to clap for me. And we find that to be very important when you talk about the disabled population. It's already hard to find someone else that you relate to, identify with in your community. So if you can go to a facility that creates inclusion and community, uh, that's huge as just as well as the physical development for your mental development. If I'm someone, say I'm a trainer and I'm coming to an adaptive training academy course, or I want, well, maybe not coming to, maybe I'm taking one online these days. We work with what we've got, right? What are, how are you bucketing uh, different adaptations based on disability uh, or, or potentially, you know, restrictions that people might have? Because, and this is something that in, in our, in Barbin's work with World Para Powerlifting, it's a pretty simple sport. It's just the bench press, right? So most of the athletes are very, have very strong upper bodies and they might be wheelchair bound or they might have developmental issues or some other issues with, with their lower bodies. In training those athletes, there is a specific focus and there's a specific kind of subset of ability and disability that coaches tend to work with. But you are coaching athletes and, and working on giving people the knowledge to work with athletes of so many different ability levels with so many different restrictions or potential disabilities or injuries, how are you bucketing that approach? Because it's just such a a broad swath of what people might come into your gym being able to do or not being able to do. Oh, you're exactly right. What a great question. And uh, yeah, that's a massive undertaking, right? And you know, look what we could have done. We could have developed a textbook, a playbook, and said, if this, they have this, do this. You know, like if it's a squat, they're in a wheelchair, give them this movement instead. Could have done that, but that doesn't solve any of the problems. That just gives you this thing as a trainer where you turn to this, find the solution, and then tell that to the, doesn't do anything. We're not actually affecting change. And so what we realized was, yes, every human being is different. And in, in the world of disabled individuals, the range of ability in that impairment is drastic. So you have to, first of all, create uh, some definitions. And then within that, we need nomenclature classifications. And the first definition I like to tell listeners on a podcast to make more sense of what ATA is and who we're really talking about here uh, is, first of all, we don't call people with disabilities. We refer to them all as adaptive athletes. It's an empowering term. I believe anybody who is doing fitness is an athlete. That's you know heavily debated, but that's my personal belief. And that's what we call them. It's empowering and positive. And what we define adaptive athlete, first thing in our course is define it, because we need to give you context and clarity as to who this population is. An adaptive athlete is a person with a permanent physical or physiological or cognitive impairment, first word, most important word being impairment, which causes limitations or limit a limitation, which affects work capacity. So we have an impairment, causes limitations, affects work capacity. That's the really important part to understand in the beginning. Now, these limitations are observable and measurable in movement. That's the important part because oftentimes, like my colleague Alex Zirkenbach, you saw him, you'd say that dude's able body. He's got his arms, he's got his legs. If he's wearing shorts, you'd see he's missing like a huge chunk out of his calf, and you'd say, all right, something's wrong with his leg. But you wouldn't realize that he has a fused ankle and he has fused lower, lower back discs and lower back unless you ask him to hinge. And then you ask him to perform an air squat. You see that heel lift and you observe his limitations being presented. And work capacity is just your ability to accomplish tasks, your ability to do that movement, go through that range of motion. And so what we're trying to do as trainers, what we train you, teach you to do throughout the course is how to reduce these limitations and increase that work capacity. That's the goal. 
We're not trying to change or affect their impairment. That is a condition. That is what it is. If they're working with you, that should be stable. And, and then you're progressing with reducing limitations, increasing work capacity. Now, when it comes to understanding and trying to wrap your head around as a trainer, if an athlete with cerebral palsy comes in and they're affected, they're fully affected, you know, there may be upper extremities affected, lower extremities affected. Okay, now you're observing there's tons of limitations occurring in the different movement patterns, a lot to consider. So then we have to classify what we're focusing on. What is the movement that it requires? What is the foundation of the functional movement that we're addressing in the moment, whether it's like a deadlift, the hip hinge, right? And so then we look at that athlete, can they hip hinge first of all? So with seated athletes, we, we need to determine what functionality they have. And that's sort of without going down the two-hour rabbit hole of giving you examples of every category and classification, just know that it's been a, a lot of work for us to include impairment groups that aren't just physical in terms of the ones that I think often pop into people's head first when they think of adaptive athletes, just because it's normally the profound video you see on Instagram, whether you think adaptive athlete, okay, I think someone in a wheelchair, someone missing a leg or both legs, someone missing an arm or both arms. And that's really where we started, you know, just with the physical, very, very obvious amputations, limb difference, and spinal cord injuries or issues that resulted in you doing most of your uh, tasks in a wheelchair, um, you know, spinal bifida, spinal cord injuries, all sorts of different uh, categories. But it's important that within those, you don't just lump an athlete into a category. If you see an athlete come into your gym in a wheelchair, you don't assume that's a spinal cord injury. Uh, they may be able to stand. They maybe have some hip function. But these are just questions that we teach you how to go through that sort of uh, onboarding process, asking appropriate questions to not only determine where they are psychologically, but then also where they are with their ability. Um, so for us, it's, you know, categorizing impairment groups into different classifications. So if your upper extremity, it's affecting, you know, from the waist up and typically hand, finger, all the way to the shoulder is really the focus. Lower extremity, honestly, your legs. You know, we are seated athletes and within seated athletes, we kind of subcategorize three different categories where there might be some hip function, no hip function, gross hip function. And that's really important because again, if we just lump all seated athletes into one category, there's such range of paralysis and ability level. And if they have the hip function, we don't want to disable them further. We want to incorporate and use what they have if they can. Um, and then within that, we go into sensory. And within sensory, we talk about how to coach and work with and program for a visual athlete, so a blind athlete, but also deaf athletes and taking those considerations. What happens when there's a combination of both? So there's a lot of factors when you talk about uh, different uh, impairment groups, if you will. We have intellectual, what we like to call neurodiverse rather than uh, intellectual disability. And then we have short stature and then we have neurological conditions. So that's ranging from MS to CP uh, and multiple others that exist in that space. So it was really important that we covered all of these groups and gave you, first and, first and foremost, the biggest safety concerns within these. It's always about a, a effective, safe and effective training. Like, and you never justify safety for anything else, for inclusion or effectiveness. Safety is number one. It's always most paramount. But then within that, we're able to give you our principles. And that's, this is really the IP, the, the value, the special sauce of what ATA teaches you is that what I like to call the black box, like the filter. Doesn't matter any athlete, any condition, any, not even, don't even classify them as adaptive. What temporary, just had an ACL surgery, just had back surgery, just had a neck issue, you know, whatever. Like we're all crazy humans running around doing stuff. 
working with an impingement we have or something that hurts and aches and you know that's life but what our course does is then gives you as a trainer coach or even therapist the way to filter these impairments these limitations that are being presented how does it manifest through movement activity whatever that is strength endurance crossfit f45 freaking whatever like walking doesn't matter just walking you know and the ability to ambulate a lot of times that's where i start with clients and then within that well, how is it affecting that work capacity and increasing that work capacity that is the the foundation of what we do but the bread and the the special sauce is in that that box in which you after you take our course have the confidence knowledge and ability to practically apply this program or workout or create a program or workout for anybody's ability and i think that's the most valuable thing and i don't i'm obviously biased here right but i have tons of reviews uh all of the people who take our course come out of it like fired up ready to go and most often we see the very next day they go start working with an active athlete so like that was the most important part for us when you take the course and you finish that you finish because it's robust it's a long course uh it's approved for 16 ceus so it's considered technically like a two-day in-person course or online course it takes most learners you know two three weeks to get through um, we have self-paced option and a cohort option where we guide you through it in a series of four weeks to make sure you uh, graduate and pass the exam. Um, but the feedback is phenomenal. They're like, this is way more than I thought. This is more robust than I thought. And more importantly, you showed me how to apply the knowledge. You didn't just lecture me, teach me, and then say, got it? Good. Move on. No, we have interactions. So we you were very fortunate that we have on staff uh, a doctorate in education, leadership, and universal design. Her name is Kristen Arnold. She's a former CrossFit Games athlete, and she's the mother of a, of a son with dual diagnosis, autism, and Down syndrome. So she lives this life. She's our expert on inclusion when it comes to education and on universal design with how education is presented. So we're, we're so fortunate, you know, with our close relationship with CrossFit, we use their similar offering system to, to deliver the online education. So it's not just like you're hopping in some Google classroom. I mean, it's a very, it's a, it's like a, it's flows, it interacts, there's clickables, you watch videos and then you do flashcards and then there's text that comes up and then there's uh, little quizzes that come up. So it's very important to us that this knowledge is as practical as possible. So when you graduate, you're ready to go. Logan, I, I have to say we could, you are fantastic at speaking about this. It's almost like it's your job or something like that. <laughs> oh, crazy. I do have to say that, you are someone, and we were talking about this a little bit before the recording, with a lot of different interests. We were actually just shooting the breeze a little bit before I hit record, and we realized that we knew more people in common than we had actually anticipated and all, all this. But I got to say, one of the most interesting things about you, of the many things you do, is that you are an athlete with a lot of different passions uh, for competition, for accomplishment. Um, you are a very high level wakeboarder. You're an accomplished golfer. You're obviously a CrossFitter. You don't strike me as the kind of person who just wants to do three sets of five back squats and eat pop tarts in between. Um, <laughs> a lot of different That's athletic, but yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there, there, there's, there's a time for everything. A lot of different athletic pursuits, um, yep. and, and passions. What are some of your athletic goals right now as an athlete and what are some uh some things down the line that you might want to explore as an athlete 
Ooh, great question. And so hard for me to answer. <laughs> this, is the, the, this is the worst question because you might just say, yeah, I want to try it all. I don't know if I'll get to try it all, but. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's honestly the, the the truth of it. Like, I just, I, I don't say no. I don't say no to challenges. I don't say no to opportunities. I don't say no to people in need who who need a helping hand, who need some guidance. Uh, again, again, what, how I started in the beginning, I just believe that this is what I'm put on this earth to do. I hope one day that, you know, uh, it is rewarding for me and it's able to establish my career and make sure that I'm uh, compensating that way. But I believe doing the right thing for the right reasons uh, is always most important. And uh, that's why I'm such an advocate for this ATA and for and really the pursuit of my own fitness. I'm just trying to be an example because if there's anything I want people to realize is like, I'm just a dude. I'm just a freaking 29 year old dude from Raleigh, North Carolina, who is just really obsessed with discovering human potential. Uh, and I'm just so lucky that I lost my arm because I'm so lucky that when I go to do physical feats, when I go to exercise, someone with, without my intention at all, someone next to me, someone watching that Instagram video might have had a bad day, can be motivated to say, oh, well, if that guy's doing it, then I sure, sure, sure can too. Um, and I think that's really cool and uh, a privilege that I have, an opportunity that I have to use my physical body in a way that may be able to encourage someone to take a step towards health and wellness that they might have been told culturally, societally, or just within their own head and mindset that they're just not ready for it or they can't do it. Um, so, you know, that's, 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 and, and I, and I like to say that because uh, I don't, I don't do what I do to inspire people. I don't do it because I think inspiration is, 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 is an overused word. And I think it's, and uh, my best example of the way to explain how I feel about it is that inspiration, you can be sitting on a couch eating chips and be like, that was inspiring. Um, but, and do, live, that's it. Do nothing. Go back to the chips, have a donut later. Uh, what I'm looking to do is encourage and motivate people. So I hope when you see what I'm doing and maybe the tools that I've invented in, in order for me to do it, I hope it gets your wheels turning and it motivates you to say, Oh, well, if he's doing it, I can too. And to take action, like that's what I hope happens. I'm constantly trying to get individuals to take action. That's why, you know, I, I'm sponsored by Nike. I uh, work closely with Nike. Uh, I love my relationship I have with them as a brand uh, because the simple, the simplest form of their, their motto being just do it. Like that's, that's my brain in a nutshell. My brain in a nutshell is just like, I'd really love to run a marathon. Well, yeah, wait, wait, what are you doing thinking about it? Just go do it. Just do it. Um, so that's been, that's been my approach to fitness and challenges. And I think why I liked, uh, all of the, I've had success in doing some crazy things in fitness and um, I like to push myself in that way. And I like to be afraid of what the outcome might be and then surprise myself, uh, or not like, oh, it's okay if I don't either. I freaking fail all the time. I try to do things. I'm like, that was a horrible idea. No way I could have gotten that done. Uh, but it's just a little bit on like my mindset and, and how I hope people see what I do and uh, how it's relevant and applicable to them. Um, my training, like goals for me, you're right, man. It's really hard to answer because this won't make any sense to listeners. Like I want to lift really heavy. I want to be as strong as I can, but I also at the same time want to be able to be competitive in things like an Ironman and things like running a marathon. Like I want my body because I am this, uh, individual living with one arm, I want my body to be prepared to go do anything, whether it's go play golf, whether it's go wakeboard, snowboard, 
go for uh, you know a week long hike backcountry or you know um, lift some really heavy weights in a powerlifting meet. Like I want to do all of those things. Um, so for me, I think that's why I like this CrossFit style. Every day is a little bit different, uh, and it's just a fun experiment on my own body to figure out the right dosing of strength with endurance, with skill work, with gymnastics practice, and where does that put me? And, and so far, I just I'm having a blast doing it, and and that's what's most important. I'm not, you know, I have this title of fittest one-armed man on earth, uh, and again, I don't I don't say that title to impress people. But instead, I say that title so that the next one-armed guy listening to it is like, why the hell don't I? Like, I want that title. I want, like, I want them to come after it. And I'm not the fittest. Like, there are other one-armed guys out there way fitter than me. Uh, they just haven't had this opportunity. They haven't gotten on the platform. They haven't gotten onto, uh, into the CrossFit competitions that we're in. And, and that's growing. So that's why I'm such an advocate for what we do with Wheelwad and the competitions and the Wheelwad games because that's what leads to more inclusion, more people coming in. And through our online course, we're just helping bridge, create that bridge, you know, close that gap. We're creating the education. Now the trainers know it. Guy in a wheelchair comes in and say, hey, I want to compete in the wheelwalk games. They say, all right, let's go. I've got the knowledge. Let's start training. Let's see where you're at. And so now we're really legitimizing uh, what I hope to be a professional platform and, and a sport for adaptive athletes to compete in. It is, it is weird to have one of those titles that you hope to lose. You, you, hope, you hope someone comes and takes it from you. It's, it's yeah. one of those things that well, you Well, know, they will. They 100% will. Like, <laughs> I, trust me, don't let that come across as like cocky or, or, or arrogant. Like, um, I, I am my worst enemy in my head. Like, every day, I know someone's training harder than me. Uh, and that's a huge motivator for me. Um, and I don't have to know a name. I don't have to know someone, but I just know every day when I wake up, I'm like, someone's already up. Someone's already up and they're already after it. So like, you're behind. So you better go. That's, uh, that's the athlete's mentality. And you know what? It doesn't matter what sport you're at. If you've trained at that level before and you have pushed yourself that, at, to that level before, and that's the difference between just working out and truly training, everyone feels that at some point. 100%. Logan, where is the best place for people to keep up to date with the work you're doing and also for them to keep up to date with Adaptive Training Academy? Yeah, thank you. Um, so for me, it's um, Logan Aldridge and on Instagram, that's where I'm most active uh, sharing my training tips and tricks and just what I'm doing in my life. Uh, that's just my last name, first name, at Aldridge Logan. Um, Adaptive Training Academy, uh, check out our website, ata.fit. Uh, if you want to learn more about our certification and our different training that we offer there. And additionally, we're very active on Instagram as well. And that's just at adaptive training. Um, those are really the biggest platforms for us and where we engage with the community and see a lot of really cool stuff. So please check it out. Awesome. Thanks so much for joining us today. Appreciate you taking the time. I know you have some travel coming up. So, uh, so safe, safe travels heading into the winter. Yeah. Thank you so much, David. This is awesome, man. Appreciate the time.